0: That took a while, but we're live.
1: We we had a really good pause, really good <laughs> pa- really good moment there, or you could have just fade faded out. So did. yeah, yeah. So this is 920 uh, 20, 9, 20, show number, show number twenty. Really, I thought it was nineteen. Why are my notes so weird? Oh man, are you sure it's twenty?
0: I changed it before we did everything.
1: That that would be yes. You're sure.
0: Yes, I am <laughs> sure that it's twenty. That the uh, that it's
1: twenty. I mean, I just want blunt answers. <laughs> so uh, we're getting really close to show number one hundred. It's going to be uh, like a a really special episode. <laughs> we'll have a face reveal. <laughs> so. Uh i uh i really like the music actually it gets it it pumps me up it's my particular genre of music Um,
0: i thought you said you weren't a big fan of house
1: that i don't know is that house then i like the house playlist well that doesn't mean that it is house it just means that they maybe mislabeled it or something there's a lot of electronica in there that's why i like it that's what jen that is not what house necessarily is but maybe if it's a if it's a critical part then i like some of it um strangely i i went back so so i like a particular voice and a particular style and all that kind of stuff i know this about myself and there's a lot of variety often getting into electronica but the um the one thing that i really got interested in like some time ago is something called folk metal and i've talked about metal before have is it's just like a set of instruments maybe <laughs> it's a it's a loudness level maybe right and there's a whole bunch of variation in there there's no constraint it just tends to be a little bit more aggressive than regular rock regular quote-unquote regular hard rock and as and an angle that's different right and folk metal is, uh, is really interesting because they start fiddling with, uh, well, first off, they start fiddling with old languages. And so you've got people singing in uh, maybe a language like Gaulish um, or Gaelic or some... I mean, I don't really... It doesn't matter to me if it's some other language. And so recently I've been listening to... I'd already heard some of it. I've been listening to this band. i that's the problem. I I have no actual chance of pronouncing band names when it's in some foreign language. And in this particular case, not only do I have no chance of actually pronouncing their their name because it's foreign, it's 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 using like funny characters. So it it makes it I can't even give it like a bad English attempt. Doesn't
0: Fusion use strange characters
1: um f- well frisian so frisian is so for people that haven't been following frisian is the closest cousin to english and uh, it used it uses the latin character set and a lot of languages do but like a language like french uh it uses accents and uh, it's only got a, a couple of accents on a few of its vowels and i don't really understand i haven't been taught that any of that means i kind of stagnated at the end of week one and we're about to enter into week three so i need to i need to catch up so that's but that's frisian i don't know if there's like frisian folk metal that would be that would be the most awesome stuff considering the history of the frisian people is is metal as (laughs) as so so these are the people that so the story would go these are the people who, in the late Roman Empire, were so fed up with the taxes that the, the Romans oppressed everybody with that they actually sent back the tax collector's head. And so, as was predictable, the Romans sent the army <laughs> to go and oppress, go and break them, which they absolutely would do everywhere. That's how they captured everything in the first place. And the Frisians kicked their asses and <laughs> sent them packing um and it's like one of the very few places that was capable of that partly because uh this is late stage the late stage romans and so i'm sure there were funding and population and all kinds of other problems that led to them like sending another army or whatever else. At any rate, the, uh, the Frisian people essentially got uh, got converted to Christianity. That's what ended up bringing them into the fold of you know, all of Europe. And now they're just like a set of peoples that are a crescent absorbed into uh, separately into Germany and into the Netherlands. And so there's there ends up being three languages two are in germany and one is in the netherlands with a few variations with like they're they're the same language but they're kind of like accents with a few different words at any rate so there's some history with the frisians what's weird about the the terrain what's weird about the netherlands in general is um the netherlands is like basically Well, I guess I suppose the right way of putting it is the Netherlands is the only place on earth technically, or at least in contemporary times, like the last couple thousand years, that's never been colonized. It, it was actually manufactured by the people living there. So it was this floodplains that had uh, old Frisians there who came, who lived for a while and then left because the water rose and flooded them out and the water receded and a different people went there who are also called frisian and those are the newer people that kind of settled in and some people kind of came and tried to conquer the place here and there and it kind of doesn't work out when the natives understand the the tides so well that they can uh, and they have they had some of the coolest horses on earth if uh, they don't breed them anymore Like, there's a a breed of horse. I'll totally get go down this route. I'm going to be half wrong on a whole lot of this stuff, and I don't mind learning, I don't mind being corrected. Um, so a a Frisian war, we don't have war horses anymore, we don't breed them, and the Frisian horses are uh, a class of their own, unmatched on earth, and they're. Like I, I, don't, I know there's a lot of people who are like, well, horses are really big. And when you get up close to a horse, it's like, wow, it's, it's like taller than you at the, I want you to imagine a war horse that's shoulder. High, uh, what would it be? It will be taller than head height at its back. It, the, the kind of hugeness that is inconceivable now. And, Boy. uh,
0: the front part of the horse is shorter than the back
1: No 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 I mean if you were to hop on this thing it would be head height it, it it's a warhorse the size of a bull bigger than that even like they're they're absolutely astonishingly large <laughs> um I'm probably a little bit over exaggerating it but yeah yeah bigger than a bull <laughs> uh... yeah the the kind of scary that that. It, it, it was, I really was, don't want to imagine that. It was legendary at the time. Um, <laughs> it's like uh, the size of a moose. <laughs> for for all you Canadians and Northern Americans that understand just how big <laughs> that is, <laughs> it's uh It can take on a car. The car will lose. <laughs> um, there are some nice videos. Like, okay, so a um, moose. Um, okay, I'm not even going to go down the on how strange and extremely dangerous moose are. They're they're cool unless they're murderous. Just stay away from them. Please stay away from them. And if they're curious and nice and want to walk up to you and investigate you, try to get out. (laughs) Try to get away. It's not being nice. It just wants to know if it can, you know if it can just like idly murder you or or what they're very very dangerous um they're yeah so so i uh i i the, and this isn't one of those cases where you know if you learn a language you learn a little bit about, about the culture and the history and i understood all of this stuff before i i even grasped the possibility of learning that language and and there's some mild interest that's happening there like i'm getting i'm getting some people that are like facebook is um well a lot of the problems with social media these days is um there's a lot i i knew from way back when in the early internet days let's say that this would be a problem The problem that humanity is facing now isn't, uh, information, isn't access to information. It's dealing with the verbosity and in conversation, there is a a tactic in, uh, how would I put it? So there's a, a version of sophistry. So we might incorrectly call it an argument. Uh, But there is the antagonistic conversation that happens. And one of the strategies, one of the dishonest strategies is argument with verbosity, which is a person just rambles a whole lot of incoherent garbage and the response can't address all the points because it's all ludicrous and there's just too much of it. And the other person just declares victory because, oh, you didn't you didn't counter this. You do. So you must be agreeing with this. So you, and it's, it's, it's dishonest. It's absolutely ridiculous. And, and I forgot why I went down that train of thought. Oh my. Wow. What was it talking about before minion? Be my, be my memory. <laughs> you weren't paying attention. Wow. Okay. So I was talking about, ah, yes. Okay. So, so I, Okay, I got it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's it's about access to information. But the problem is, it's all there, more or less, Uh, generally less, but the internet is a is flooded with a verbosity of possibilities. And it's useless because of that. It's a thing where you don't even know how to cull through how to curate through all of what's possible. And this is really seen with something like social media. So a person can come along with on YouTube and they can be like, well, I'm subscribing to this and to this and to this. And they're subscribed to a hundred different things. And now YouTube is like, well, I want to have you really engaged on the platform and engagement isn't about having, uh, (laughs) so what's YouTube's, the mind of YouTube, what's it thinking? Something like, in order to keep a person engaged on their platform, they need to uh, curate the possibilities because there are too many and present the things that it deems as being most captivating in order to capture more attention for longer. And it makes a bunch of well-educated guesses now because the engine has been running for a whole lot of people and a whole lot of videos and a whole lot of, you know, viewing hours. And so it's gotten smart about it. And so it's, um, there there's, it's trying to automate it. And the problem is that that's, um, that's it is unknowable how those mechanics work and it's creepy and scary. And, uh, having something manipulate what you have access to and having you pretend like it's based on your choice because you subscribe to all those things means that you can be manipulated by having only certain content fed to you in order to, well, manipulate your interest in the platform and it can manipulate your interest in topics. You know, you're interested in topic A gives you more of topic A. Well, that's not necessarily healthy that might uh that might captivate that might capture attention right that might be that might make you interested right it it might might keep you there but that's not necessarily what's healthy for uh the investment of your time maybe you want a little bit of topic b topic c you you subscribe to all those other things you're just not being given those other things because 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 and maybe, right. And so there's another mechanic of subscriptions and notifications that happens on YouTube, for example, and there is a similar problem. So I, I I was talking about the language Frisian and I wanted to bring up Facebook. I'm getting more and more people that are just kind of popping in, but what they're doing is they're joining a Facebook group and then nothing. They're not participating. They, they don't know how, or, They're waiting for somebody else there to, to be the active one. And this is like a whole bunch of introverts waiting for the extrovert to actually make the party happen. And a lot of, a lot of what I'm seeing, well, I mean, that's how I work because I'm quite introverted. I'm quite shy, believe it or not. And having like, I, I founded a Facebook, (laughs) Facebook group and for this and i've got a lot of of people that are like popping in and seeing what it's like and but nobody everybody's waiting for everybody else to do stuff and it's been it's been challenging and a lot of the public there's like an atmosphere that exists out there because there is so much possibility and everybody is ends up being like subscribing to a a bunch of stuff and what they're doing is they're expecting to be served via other people's effort creating content and the automation curating it and for them to be sit to sit back and be a kind of a passive consumer of this stuff and it's it's weird to have seen this unfold because i'm i'm older than social media i'm older than the older than the kind of internet that most people would remember these days and having seen the internet turn into this thing where it's possible to be social it's possible for everybody to create content and most people are going to be incompetent at it and most people of those aren't going to learn to be better they're just going to be kind of terrible but most people these days they're not even doing that they're not even doing their worst so they're they're just sitting there as consumers like this internet reception thing is just is working out just like television used to and it's very strange because the the tools were there for the highly motivated people back in the early days even when they had terrible tools to work with even though the techniques weren't there even though you know the joke is using a potato camera and everything was was low resolution and terrible lighting and and awkward etc and but way back in the early days those highly motivated people were producing content and and things were good back then but now now that content gets uh, kind of overwhelmed by the professional stuff and, and I, don't, I don't know minion maybe you didn't know this I think it was a, a couple of million dollars that YouTube decided to give to quote-unquote mainstream media in order to bring them up to speed on how to use YouTube and then they created the home page now has news outlets on it <laughs> like on the when front was this this happened uh, probably more than a
0: year ago now no i don't know about that then i knew face i knew at one point youtube gave various channels and groups money for production to cover production costs and such but that was a while ago
1: yeah maybe that is what i'm referring to and it um it's a really well it's it's kind of offensive because there were a whole lot of not uh, that's so i'm i'm not sure how i feel about it so first off what we've thought about on a lot of this stuff as independent journalism is just some presenter reading an article and being more interesting than that essay and just rambling it off and they have their the curation of whatever gossip of the day and they compile it all it's so it's it's worthless it's not actually adding anything to anything it's curation so there's value in it but they could go away and nothing would happen to that content it would still be there they are not necessary and yet the their sources their sources are necessary so the quote-unquote mainstream media the, the actual producers of the news um them coming on board and presenting things firsthand, it should be valuable. Everybody should think of it as valuable. The problem is they, they came late and so nobody likes them or their style. And they're, they're just awful. I mean, awful presentation, awful attitude, awful, awful. And so the notion that they're getting paid makes a lot of people salty because really what should happen is. In, actual independent non-mainstream actual journalists like not these curating presenters but actual little journalists those are the ones who should have been funded to bring them up to speed to give them the quality of the the, the large media outlets and large media outlets i mean who cares that they, they have the funding and they're not dumb they can figure it all out they can they can hire people who can teach them. YouTube shouldn't be paying them of anything. They should they should be paying like, well, they shouldn't be paying anyone really. <laughs> I mean, they, well,
0: they they were paying. I know they gave. I know they paid high act, um, Hollywood actors to do videos for YouTubes and such after they gave more money to creators to produce their own shows for YouTube Red. Oh. And that didn't that was I wouldn't say it was a huge it was it wasn't a success a great success but it wasn't a huge failure either.
1: So they're like trying to do a Netflixy thing for YouTube Red?
0: Yeah, that was a while ago and then when that flopped, they handed the biggest example i can think of is will smith and he's done stuff on youtube since or he still yeah
1: well he's a nobody and they decided to just like install him in one of these youtube is awesome here is why and here's all the stuff that that nobody cares about that happened in the last year all the while ignoring all the actual big names in YouTube. It was a very... As far as I can tell, every single one of those yearly celebration things that YouTube does is uh, a disaster. An oh, absolute yeah. disaster. A lot of
0: people that I've seen just just say no. Straight up no.
1: Yeah, it's a dumpster fire. And you can go to these things. it's Look at the number of downvotes. I'm really surprised that YouTube has the... I don't know how to explain it. Why would they allow votes, at least have them visible? Why would they allow comments? (laughs) It's it's one of these circumstances where somebody somewhere thought all of this was actually a good idea. They're so disrespectful to their actual user base, and they've always been that way. All of their decisions, all of their communication, all of of everything everywhere is the most clueless stupid stuff and you and that's the thing they were never cool they were never cool Um, YouTube the original YouTube maybe had a chance but as soon as they got bought by Google they were already bad right away and I I was there I was there right from the beginning and you saw the welcome to the zoo video oh my god i didn't see that no
0: liar so you weren't there from the beginning
1: no i was not okay so that's not literal but you know pre-2003 or pre pre pre-google purchase and i've seen what google's done to chip away at everything that was good everything that would make communication possible all they killed response videos they uh, killed annotations. They killed the ability to direct message creators. They're going to kill I
0: annotations. Are still
1: no? They were removed.
0: Oh, the blue, pink, oh, the colored thing. Oh, okay, yeah. the little like that... overlay. Yeah, that's been
1: that's been gone replaced for replaced
0: by the bubble bu- bubble thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, where you can like have these cards that are up with a video thumbnail. For, or, or the little, like, I with the little that, link that appears. Yeah, that. yeah, but they don't have the arbitrary text that a, an, a video author can just create. Um, they YouTube is going to take away. There's not that anybody really uses it, and I would never use it. But there are, like, com, I think it's called a community. So if you go to some authors, if you go to, the, like, their, their home the page, not the videos tab, but there's a home tab. And one of those tabs, I think, is community, where you've got just, like, threaded posts. I'm not sure, I don't understand why YouTube has such an awful commenting system. And this is the revised, like, YouTube uh, has a rework that's in Not Many People Care. If they're a creator, they will have seen it. If you're a regular user, maybe if you're using uh, certain web browsers, you know YouTube just stinks right now. Uh, they did that on purpose. Um, they want to sell Chrome. Um, s- not sell with money, but they want to they own the market and push out all these other people. And at any rate, at any rate, I've seen this history of the Google end of things. So the Alphabet Incorporated set of things uh, just kind of chew through YouTube little by little. They are not cool. They're not in touch. They don't know what they're doing. And they're hiring more and more people that are just, uh, their, their brains don't work right. And so they're interacting with this, with some audience that they presume exists. And the actual bulk of users who are active and vocal, uh, don't respond well to any of the, any of the, anything. And this isn't even getting into all the weird advertising stuff that, that Google has had to deal with. And Oh man, there's, um, okay. So there are like for realsies lawyers who have looked through YouTube's legal stuff. And one that comes to mind is he actually went through like the law, the law of the United States to examine exactly what YouTube was thinking when they implemented the recent. So there's a system where um, f- for those, those out there listening who are actual creators on YouTube, they'll understand this new mechanism where you have the ability to set your channel to be, uh, directed for children, or you can do it individually per video to say that this particular video is directed at minors. I think the, the, I think it's under 13 or 13 and under is what is considered. And that's because there's uh, a the Yeah, yeah. That's because there's a mechanism in U.S. law that got directed to YouTube, and YouTube was kind of forced into like cooperation. But the thing is, YouTube implemented it wrong on purpose, because there's another because there are protectionisms built into that law that just let a developer like let a a host have a have certain exceptions in place and they, so they don't have, uh, if I can remember the mechanism properly it, because it isn't a, uh, a yes, no. Well, it, it's a yes, no, maybe kind of thing. And they left one of the choices out. And the, so authors are forced into this really weird situation where um, they can't know if you can if youth might see their stuff they can't control that they can't know and there's a, a mechanism in the actual united states law that says but under circumstances where there might be visibility to minors this exception applies explicitly it's explicitly in the law and youtube would have an exception to it so all the video authors they have the ability to say that yes that their stuff is directed and then there will be certain extra legal considerations for the content creator for the well it's not even the content creator but it's for the the controller of the youtube channel for them to flag it and for them to be mechanisms that occur but there's a an i don't know or not my problem like the shrug the default which means the channel is just exempt so if there happens to be youth that see their channel there happens to be youth it's not their problem it's not even youtube's problem it's an exception
0: the argument against that is they already youtube themselves have an app for children called youtube
1: kids Mm -hmm. well which but the the and they've got like a restricted mode and some other stuff like that right
0: that is the restrictive mode
1: well okay Uh, but but there there's a mode where uh some really weird stuff that youtube implemented because they're out of touch like if you're if you're viewing youtube on a tv um you're not necessarily logged in a lot of people just don't bother logging in uh, because they're not voting or they're not commenting so they don't care and they just don't have access to certain kinds of videos because they're walled off um and they're some of them are but not all of them. But some of them are walled off because of the age gating stuff. And yeah, it's,
0: if you're not logged in, you're age restricted. Um, I tried watching a few <clears throat> games. Not. Uh, an Xbox stream and a PlayStation stream, reveal stream, but they were both age gated.
1: Really. So. Yeah,
0: but if you watch not any other third parties, on any other channel covering their streams
1: well yeah it's not so basically the like the PlayStation people went like we're not risking this we're calling it for adults kind of thing and they gated it off yeah, yeah well the the th- the problem with all of that is YouTube didn't need to have these mechanisms in place mm-hmm. because it had an explicit exception they just chose to not implement it technically do the technical implementation for what reason shrug like i i don't know they they don't know what they're doing this place is great yeah so i'm not really sure what's going on so and it's stuff like that that just creates uh, a rift between the the owner of the platform and the The producers, the people who create content for them more or less for free, right? Um, I mean, it's not, I mean, the relationship is a little weird, but considering how important that relationship is, YouTube is really out of touch and really not providing for, really not thinking about the success or the morale of their creators or even their just everyday uh, i mean i'm not an everyday user but it's not just everyday because what's an everyday user they don't vote they don't comment right um that experience is a little bit weird Like right? the everyday person might not really have very many subscriptions or 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 um so yeah let's let's move to some other topic um hmm I know it's going to be a really weird one. So we've talked about water so many times. It is um, it is tiring. So we, we've moved to glass bottles on a different water cooler. Okay. So Minion, what is your sense of that? Have you had much of that water? Are you enjoying it?
0: I could have swore last cup I had two days ago. It's strange. It had a strange taste, but could be me.
1: Okay. Same with me. And I poured a big mug of it, and it sat here for a few days, and I sipped it a couple times, and it, it's it's absolutely awful. So, I and I and I, earlier today I had some. I was careful about it. I had first thing in the morning, so I didn't have some weird food thing happening in my mouth because maybe maybe I've if I ate certain foods it would do certain things to my sense of taste or smell or something and that might influence drinking water but no so this is first thing in the morning uh, and and it was fine it was fine but the water that i still had on the counter like i drank that i came down to this cup that i had sitting out overnight drank that it was terrible and it was from a few days ago and before anybody gets weird about it the i've not had bacteria issues in a glass that's been sitting out for a couple of days it's not a good habit I should be drinking it that's kind of why I have this big mug out there um, so I don't and this is the same bottle of water that we've just been it's like the first batch of it the first volume of it was bad somehow the only thing I can think of is like that that oh what, what do we call it that container that fountain thing that dispenser what's it called um it it has so it's got two button pressy thingy things and one of them is funny and has a red lock on it so it's annoying to actually depress is it like a hot water thing or what's yeah it's for hot water so and it's not plugged in or anything like that so uh what's the other side does it do cold water is it refrigerated or something like that
0: it's yeah uh if it, if that machine was pl, if the dispenser was plugged in and the switches at the back were turned on, one would be for hot water, and then the other one would be for cold water. Oh,
1: and they're like two switches to make hot water enabled and cold water enabled. Yeah, and neither. Well, it's not even plugged in. So, I wonder if that means that there are two reservoirs internally, where
0: uh, it's the exact same one. What they're, or it's in one but they're connected a bit differently for lack of a better word
1: okay so does it like does it heat it as it's first pouring it out or does it have like a little keep it hot like the keurig coffee maker thing where it kind of keeps it, it hot inside it
0: has a reservoir and it keeps it hot yeah yeah
1: so and our old one had uh just coal and it did that too it had a a space where it kept some stuff and then took some time to refrigerate it. And so I'm, I'm the only thing I can think of is there's some volume of water that was in there that somehow was poisoned by the walls of that storage space. And so the first X amount of cups of whatever were all nasty, but I don't see how that's doable, how that's possible that if, Because I flushed out personally, and I flushed it. Did you do?
0: How did you flush it? Just by holding onto the taps?
1: Um. Well, yes. Just tap water, and then pitchers of of it, and so pitcher filling it out, and then pressing the button, and then discarding Uh, that water. Oh. As opposed to there's
0: (laughs) there's a. So you didn't do a complete drain then. I don't
1: know what that means. I press the button until it stops giving me water.
0: At the back, at the lower end, there's a... If you want to completely empty out, you take off a screw and then the cap and then you just let it
1: flow out. Well, how am I supposed to know that? So no, I didn't do that. (laughs) Okay, well, so the only thing I can think of is that the extra flushing little water left over was what from some previous nasty bottle of water that we had before mm,
0: i made it, i made sure it was completely drained before i moved it cuz i well, had to set it on its side
1: yeah 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 okay so, so that that's still really confusing right so i mean this the bottle of water that's had on it is the best bottle of water we have had so far And so it hasn't introduced any poisons. So what, like, what the, what the heck, what is going on now? I brought all that up because I thought I was going mental. I was, I'm pretty sure there is a relationship between my sense of taste and my mood. And it's the weirdest thing. And I'm, I'm linking it toward the uh, irritability specifically so it's like diet leading to irritability leading to my sense of taste getting messed up and because i've noticed this stuff kind of peripherally connected before in the past a couple of times and this is why i keep asking other people like does this water taste funny because i'm trying to figure out like am i going mad is this is this a thing that's just me uh, is it the bottle of water? Is it the water? Is it the cooler? Is it like, what's going on? Which is why I keep asking, like you, like this: Is is the water okay? And you tell me, well, a couple of days ago, and now it's fine. It's like okay. Same with me. <laughs> okay. I I'm still not sure. I, I'm not gonna do experiments with that because I'm not gonna expose myself to circumstances that are gonna make me angry
0: uh what i want to do now since it's uh either we'll remove the remove the glass remove the glass jug do a complete drain take out the thing from the back plug the jug back in let it fill up and then do a drain again
1: if you want so we're doing the drain with that really awesome water um I'm, I'd
0: rather not let any more tap water get into there.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm fine with that, and because. And
0: then if that water is bad, uh, I think we'll just. don't think we'll just go back to. I'll just go to grocery stores and fill.
1: It <laughs> I suppose. I just. I don't like the idea of going to grocery stores anymore because reasons. Right. I mean, Canada is doing great, but um, but but right. So it's one. It's one less thing. I I'm still. In the next few days, I'll make a decision. It turns out to not be very expensive to get a little device that will do the, I can't remember, man, I used to be all about the science, yo, but I can't remember what it is. The the boiling the water and recondensing it, um, is, you get these like, they're like kettles and they take forever and ever, but uh, I could have a pot of pure water created out of tap water um, and I could just have that like on the side as soon as i clean my like this as soon as i clean my little office a little bit better and have like if you're going to plug something in and it's electric and it's going to generate heat uh make sure the area is clear make sure it's on a stable surface you know all this kind of stuff i need to do all that but i'm still thinking of buying one of these things it is something like 150 canadian which is uh actually pretty reasonable. Like I'm willing to commit to that. And because I'm at the point when I just it's not that because you're the one that's dealing with this cooler crap, technically, right? But it's uh it's a dependency, right? I don't necessarily want to have a dependency on somebody else's property or somebody else's routine or even a delivery service or something like that because it would be because technically speaking what i can do is i can just get bottles of water delivered and stuff like that like that's all possible but that's relying on an external service like that when really i shouldn't have to do that anymore i should have all that internal uh not because i'll be saving money because like i think it's nine dollars a bottle nine dollars for five gallons um, via a service that delivers versus like 150 for a thing that can make one gallon a day. Um, the 150 isn't going to pay for itself. I mean, I'm not going to drink one gallon a day, right? So it's not going to pay for itself anytime soon. So it's not about saving money, but it's about like not getting a thing delivered in from the outside, for example. So. We've got a lot of protectionism in the household that thinks about contact with the outside that thinks about contact at grocery stores, even though minions, not very bright about that. I do not like the idea of, of delivery, like fresh deliveries. Our, our post is really good and I'm still, but I'm still careful about a lot of that stuff, but if it's the contents of a cardboard box have been sitting quote unquote sitting for days. So the contents are safe. But, and the box itself just needs um, no, eight hours or whatever the heck, and that's good. Um, I need to brush up on my current knowledge because apparently all the knowledge is being rewritten, so we're going to have like good truth that's coming in. I'm not sure. Um, our our <laughs> Canadian government is a little bit awkward about a lot of this stuff, so it's like we have, so, so we're going to have a lot of American listeners. So we have much the same arrangement in that we've got a federal government that does certain things that knows certain things and we've got provincial government and it's the, the correct way. So the correct way for the United States is it's the United States. It's the States which are united. So the presidency and the federal government shouldn't it be doing much of anything ever for any reason that's kind of it's there for other weird reasons at any problems like an emergency always gets pushed down to the federal level from the federal level to the state level and so i mean whatever things happen in the united states you first look at the state <laughs> you don't look at the presidency which is which is why things are really hilarious to look at Um, as a Canadian, uh, because that's the correct thing to do, right? You want to make sure that everything is handled, uh, appropriate to the wills of the local people, not necessarily with the oppression from the government at the federal level. Although they're, they're in charge of doing things like, um, halting international flights from certain places and stuff like that. Anyhow, Canada, Canada is a little bit funny about a lot of stuff. They pushed a lot of stuff to the provincial level, which is the correct thing to do. And the provincial level, uh, has a bunch of mandates and stuff like that, but there's a lot of stuff that's city level, but things are really weirdly communicated. Like, you know, you can get an app or do stuff on a website and it's like, Hey, uh, maybe you should go and get tested here. Here is where you can, and it will give you a link and you click the link and it's broken. (laughs) It's like, thanks Canada so you have to hunt around at your like uh, provincial level resources and the provincial level resources have like awkward maps and stuff like that and and then you have to kind of look stuff and you're like oh man I'm just gonna ask Google click click all you're gonna get is is local news talking about other random stuff and it's just like I just okay pick up the phone 811 we go. One phone number for the entire country where anybody can call 24 seven and there will be a human being. (laughs) We really have that many support staff for that phone number, uh, to answer questions, to get, to be pointed in the right directions, to get advice. I mean, I call them, I call them, I'm like, I'm feeling really chilly for some reason. That is very strange for me. Uh, and they're like, no, no, we're looking for these particular symptoms at this moment. And that's not one of them. You're cool. Like the, the kind of keep an eye on it, sort of like, not like, like keep calm citizen and carry on kind of thing. Just kind of, kind of pushing me away. But I had a person to, to talk to and they're not useless people. They're not like, they're not telemarketers. We're not being, this is not some sort of, um, like call center in, uh, well, what would be a strange place like the joke is call center in India right but for Canada it would be a call center in uh, like Newfoundland because I think Newfoundland has a huge uh, call center type stuff happening there Um, other than that would be like Scotland which is also really uh, that got hit really hard as I understand uh, last year sometime with a lot of people losing their jobs at, at any rate, we're going to come up on a break and I'm going to talk about something a little bit less depressing. I'll talk about my curtains or I'll talk about a video game. So we're going to be back in about, uh, 11 minutes at this point. I'll see you guys real soon.
0: Uh, okay. I see. I can see why the mic thing's going to get annoying. Uh, explain. I don't hear it, but I could see from OBS, the audio thing, the audio indicator hand on, hand on um uh,
1: Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about that right now. Cause I have to go through every time you talk and I have to clean up all the space in between, and I'm going to be pushing that off onto you. You're going to eat your own dog food and I'm going to teach you how to do the audio editing beginning with your crap. So that before you hand it to me, you have done the post-production. So you've done the noise removal, the compression, the, the high pass filter, the equalizer, the etc. Cetera, et cetera, And you're going to have to go through and every time you chew on your mic, you're going to have to go back and I'll show you how you can see these things. And it's actually, I mean, it is as annoying as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. and you wonder why it takes me five hours per show to actually go through this stuff. And it's become harder now that we're recording two separate tracks because it's double the work kind of. Oh. So it's a challenge. So I do want to move all this stuff over to you. Um, and so we can spend some time like you were saying, I mean, we can talk about more of this, between like we can talk about more of this third segment but you wanted to talk about like an intro and stuff like that well maybe maybe we can work on that today but tomorrow or something uh we can i can teach you how to do the audio engineering i know i'm doing it wrong it's it's better it's better than nothing and i don't understand certain things but the audio that's coming out seems like the most recent show kind of stinks um I don't know why, but my audio, I mean, it is what it is. So, uh, I do want to move all that stuff over to your responsibility. And I would like, what I think I would rather do is I would rather do the archivism of going through and keeping all the records and files properly, because I don't understand how stuff goes missing. So, uh, that's, and that's, I need to get the the folder of stuff that we have been preparing and i need to audit everything from scratch and make sure it's all in good shape and everything that i expect and you have been performing the dumbest way of doing backups so that uh that disaster uh, can't i cannot abide by that so we, so we're going to be kind of trading roles I think what so' you're, you're performing backups so you've got multiple hard drives because because you have uh, your own separate backup drive in your system. Um, are you doing it for are, do you have a completely separate device just for this show for doing backups? I'm not talking about the portable drive. No okay so you're you're doing it for all kinds of other stuff. Um, and it just happens. It just happens to have a director with this. Okay, so what I may. Okay, so what I may do is buy a separate hard drive in my system, and I will keep that stuff. I'll keep the backups. So we would have. I mean, what's what's the plan really for for keeping backups? Really, it's we've got we don't need that portable hard drive for one set of everything. We only need it for transferring. What's immediately important, um, because it's going to, it's four terabytes, like a four terabyte, um, two and a half inch drive is, is pretty impressive. And we will be able to fit a lot of stuff on there, but, um, we can replace it with an SSD and then your dock doesn't need to have its own power brick which is actually kind of handy to have less wires. Uh, so I've been thinking about doing that. Um, so wh- wh- where i I got derailed there. So there are some improvements to workflow, which could be made like that drive could be turned into a backup drive instead, instead of being used like this. It's a bit of a waste cause it's a portable drive. Okay. So I could get, I could get a desktop hard drive and but the thing is it would require two it would require one main hard drive and then a backup hard drive so you want to have you want to have a backup of everything so right now i actually don't know how much hard drive space is being taken up by that portable drive this is all boring administrivia stuff which we can get into at another time anyhow let's uh let's first uh i had brought it up before where we need break music and we need break music because it's a good motivator for me when I'm sitting, you know, I'll put on my headphones and I'll listen to some music and get back into the, the show mood between breaks uh, or during a break. Um, so that break music is really important and you can include it in a scene change and you need to do that. Like add that to your to-do list and then do your to-do list. Like that's what it's there for. So can you note that? Can you do that? yes hooray okay so and that's a help for me because it it music will make me happy if it's decent oh (laughs) if
0: it's decent well (laughs) i was was looking happy it's like music will make me happy okay let's find the most off-putting music ever if it's decent yeah Yeah,
1: I'll, i'll put in boring stuff yeah well no no
0: Um, put in some offbeat trippy, offbeat music.
1: Anything with too much bass will piss me off. So, so you're aware. So, um, that kind of goes into this other problem, which is, um, some time ago. So there's a concept called a landmine. When you're thinking about to do's, it is generally used for the physical world where you have an object and you place it kind of in the way so that you trip over it, you step on it it's it's there it's aggravating and it's meant to explode and tell you to do something right so if for example uh you've got garbage day coming up right garbage day coming up tomorrow morning and it's the evening you would take your kitchen garbage you would tie the bag up and you put it at the not at the top of the stairs because that's just asking for somebody to trip over it and fall down the stairs which no <laughs> no and so you would put it uh, you know around the corner nearish the stairs and then the next morning you're getting up you're puttering around it's there it's there and you have to step around it and you'll notice it you'll be oh it's garbage day and you'll take that bag out and you'll you'll haul it so it depends on how your trash removal works, but you know, your take your garbage bin up to the road or something, right? And you, you would not forget any of that because you put something in the way It reminds you of the entire chain of stuff. And there's a version of that where when you are performing actions, there will be some thing that, um, that you realize hasn't been done yet and that's the moment when you would put it on a to-do list so it's not quite like a landmine so for example the break happened and the break happened without music and i noticed it and then i mentioned it that's the opportunity so it was kind of like a landmine it was an obvious thing and now it needs to go into you don't wait you don't try to remember it you put that into a to-do list you prioritize it or what however however you work and then you work on it. So I don't know that there is a an Apple version, but there's a to-do, it's called to do.txt is a, a text format, it's a text markup language for uh creating to-do lists and I had been playing with a, a version of it um on Android and it, it's it's pretty and it's colorful and I tried a different kind of different programs for this and i just use it for like grocery shopping i don't really care um and uh, but you like to-do lists are in text files is an old concept right and there's a bunch of different um ways of doing of managing thinking and managing planning and stuff like that that i've gone through that um but it all comes down to you noticing a thing And actually committing it into a system of some sort so right now minion you probably have a text file where you just pull it open and you dump stuff in and that's the correct way to begin but really what you should do is try to give it a priority right away which usually is like pushing it into the top of the list or the bottom of the list or whatever and that's probably good enough so um, the the other thing I wanted to mention about about landmines is, uh, they, it sounds weird. Okay. So let's say that you've got like your desk and stuff. Your environment is all in one room, all in a bedroom. And you use the landmine idea and you respond to it and you, you take an object. So you, you, uh, I mean give well well, let me look around okay so so I've got uh, the empty box for something that I'll talk about later so I've got an empty box and what I did is I put it in a corner it needs to be taken apart so it can be recycled so I want to pull it open and cut it apart and flatten it kind of thing so it so I can make a thick pile of them like you have to flatten your boxes and if you've got enough of them I do a lot of Amazon stuff in particular. And so I, I need to pack it all into a recycling bin. So I need to do that. So I have this box and it's a landmine. It's sitting in my room. The problem is I'll walk past that day after day after day. And it will it it goes it becomes a reminder. It doesn't explode. It's just kind of there and I step around it. And a lot of people will drop something somewhere and it just becomes part of the clutter of their life. And some other list somewhere has to say, clean your room, has to say whatever. When you will get around to, and it's just the objects on your floor become to-do items. They aren't proper landmines. The correct approach for a landmine is to let yourself be aggravated every time you see it and to be like oh i'll just deal with this right now man Could just get this out of the way just this is this is uh this is really fast this is this thing has been bugging me this and find the correct words and the correct attitude to just just be like well i'm, I'm gonna do this right now i'm gonna do this like i'm gonna do this during the break i'm gonna pull it apart right now i'm gonna right and and it'll, some people are a little bit awkward with it and maybe you'll just shift it to the correct room that something is supposed to be in and at least that's a start but then the next time you enter into that room it's a landmine you have to respect it as that and you're like now you're in room b mode like you're if it's a a landmine in your living room next time you go into your living room deal with that like deal with that right away and i've had a problem with with uh, demoting landmines into nuisances, into reminders. And what it's done is it's left a ridiculous clutter around everything, everywhere, everywhere I go. It's just, you know, there's the type where they, they know where everything is, but everything is everywhere. Like they're, they're quote unquote organized piles. They're kind of like archaeology layers and all the piles of stuff are are based around when that pile was last worked on and that's all in the memory of the creator of those piles no 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 don't help clean up I know where everything is if you clean up I don't know where anything is anymore (laughs) because all the memory cues are based are based on that timeline of interacting with these different spots these different piles and, uh, that's, uh, that's kind of what my life will turn into if I let it. And I have let it. And I'm at the point where, uh, we, we brought over a steam carpet cleaner and, uh, I'm going to use it. So I, that's that I've already had on my list, clean my, my floor, pick everything up off my floor. There's an old, there's an old expression called pick up the floor, which it makes no sense in English because it's one of these, one of these know, foreign sayings, but, uh, I, I try to remember dumb things like that. So I need to pick up my floor. And, uh, part of that is, so this flows nicely into something really dumb. So the box I mentioned is actually for a curtain rod, but it's a weird kind of curtain rod. And I wasn't convinced it would be any good, um, because it acts very much like a one of these spring-loaded uh, pressure bars used for uh, shower curtains. And so it acts like that. And what it's meant to do is, is it's meant to pin itself on on two walls, on two, two walls in, like, a room, and you can hang stuff off of it, like just arbitrarily stuff. And I, I'm wondering if I could turn one into a... Because uh, I've got one space where... If I get one I can Couldn't you use it as a green screen well uh, yes no see it depends on the angle of a room so I'm, I'm thinking well maybe I could use it as a uh, the heck are they called in a closet with the bar well the the clothes hanger bars whatever they are there's <laughs> my brain or in another case very similar to what you mentioned minion is um i've got a side of my room where there's there's a, a kind of a structure that would normally have been built into a closet but it's a very awkward space and there's really it was never done up as a closet so it's just this gap and the the space so that the the office that i'm sitting in right now is kind of like converted into a library where previously it was like an off it was like a second little entertainment room and there used to be a tv over there so it's like a little cubby hole that would have whatever stereo equipment and there's actually stereo wiring and stuff like that going through the walls that it's not hooked up to anything anymore because i just put this computer i might turn it into a more recording stuff but but there's a section of the room that's got shelves and just books and it's not presentable and Cameras tend to these days be sold with wide angle lenses, which is the dumbest thing. Like I want 90 degrees, but the one I got is I think it's 130. And it just really captures all the room, which is which is bad. And I use features to zoom in. Um and so I've got a chunk of the room that's that's messy, that wouldn't work on camera. So I might get one of these tension bars, and you can get them quite long, and I can kind of cover that part of the room. I've, I've, and the real trick there would be getting a curtain that looks good. So I found like a massive single panel curtain that would just be, and just the color and the texture is beautiful. So it would work really well. I don't know how well, well it would work because I can't really tell until you see it. Pardon me, but minion you brought up. Um, an interesting an interesting idea so uh, green screen so right now the way this the way my computer is set up so my webcam it's on the long side of the room and the reason it's there is for all kinds of reasons like I can't put it on one side because I got a cubby hole with all kinds of books I mean I could kind of figure it out but then I have to then I get the glare from the window which it would be behind me. And so I, I could close the curtains, which kills the lighting, but I could do that. And if I moved the desk the other way, it would be in front of the window, which I'd have sunlight glaring in my face, which would stink at certain times of day. But again, I can close the curtains. And I, and right now with the tension bar up there, man, do these curtains look incredible. They're exactly what I originally intended for that section of the room which is to create this one continuous wall effect with the set of curtains um yeah it, it looks great so i'm wondering it m- might be rather it might be make the room oppressively small if i do it to both sides of the room at any rate so what turns out to to be the case with this camera setup is behind me is a fireplace with a mantle with all my books and it looks really nice i think i I don't know how to pull apart the um the fireplace cuz so it's it's a it's an actual fireplace it's a gas fireplace and it's got one of these glass panels on front and technically you could unscrew it in order to pull out the the glass to clean the inside cuz the inside's got soot or whatever the heck happens over the years right it's been used every single winter for years and years and it's never been cleaned and when i went to look at all the screws to unscrew it i got down to the last one and it's stripped and it's uh it's rusted in so i and i don't know what to do with that i know there's products and i know there's techniques and stuff like that but i haven't investigated that so like right now the view is imperfect but it's pretty good it's really applicable to like hey hey it's a writer talking and I've got, you know, I'm totally legit. <laughs> See, I've got books. I haven't read most of the ones that are behind me because that's kind of like my to-do pile. Um, as I'll have it lined up because it's my landmine, so to speak, right? It's, it's a row of books that are the the quote unquote English classics, right? And in this case, it's, oh, I really, I, every time I talk about this, I need to turn around and actually look at what the, look at what the books are what are they and I should have my glasses on at at, at any rate you will have heard of some of the authors and they're 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 important for me to read but I haven't and so putting a green screen across there would require a pole the length of the room right and most of these green screens aren't really designed as curtains what they are is uh you would get a frame so kind of like a kind of like a C sea sheep uh, what you would get it, uh what hello you said sheep a c shaped uh bar like a pair of poles with a with a thing on top and you would you would hang or there would be clips for the green screen sheet And, um, and they're, they're moderately expensive, but what they're designed to do is I only need the width and height of my webcams viewing area. And it's, it's the old joke. Like people are doing their, their home office, uh, work Skype call or whatever, and they're wearing a suit, but no pants. know, it's that kind of thing. You, you need to green screen only a certain amount of the background. And, but of course, you know, we were talking about recently, the, the automation, the, the exam, the, so it's the software side of things. That's able to examine the background and distinguish background from the person and do an auto green screen without there actually being a green screen back there. And maybe just, that's the solution. And instead of sinking like $200 in green screening and all this other stuff, I'd sink that into the software, the video card or the, whatever the heck, right? So that would essentially reduce the price of that video card by the green screen cost. Right. So if you look, you know, you're looking,
0: wouldn't it just fall under production costs? uh,
1: Well, you mean getting a video card or, or the background stuff?
0: Like the, you could say, let's say you, let's say someone had a, not a budget, but, or I guess you could say it's a budget, but over, but over time it, it turned into, I had to buy this, this and this mm-hmm. and that. Well, this happens but in businesses. Then... Yeah.
1: Okay. So you're talking about business expenses. That's the notion.
0: Sure, I don't, okay. I've never had a hand in it, handed, so I can't say, but okay. so, thanks to that video card, it, costs down, it cuts down on, well, I could have bought it, since I saw that NVIDIA had this, since I saw their software can essentially do this, I don't need to buy green screen anymore.
1: Right. Okay, so in, okay, so, so this is going to be weird for some people, for some places. So in Canada, at least, We've got the notion of uh, businesses and business expenses and taxes and tax rebates, depending on because taxation would work differently if something is spent by a citizen for the business. And so it's if I go to lunch and I bring a client to lunch and it's a business lunch, <laughs> air quotes, it's a business lunch, uh, I would keep the receipt like tipping and everything, I would keep the receipt and at, I would take that with all of the other such things and I would give it to my, well, in my case, I would give it to my accountant and the accountant would look at those expenses and the government has a uh, a reduction of taxes owed based on those sorts of business expenses, depending on what class of stuff it is. So in that sort of sense, I could... I could write down, you know, uh, equipment for the business for the green screening stuff because it's physical stuff and I could keep the receipts for it and note the values. And I could give that to my accountant and some percentage of that would go towards a rebate of my taxes owed for, you know, for the income, for the business kind of thing. There's taxes owed on that. Okay. So I can do all that, but I was thinking more psychologically, Right, so there's a ver- but there's a version of that where I would say that this video card is for is a business expense, and I would take the entire video card and make that as a business expense. And so, for example, in the past with my own business stuff, I did buy a computer. I've done this more than once, right? And the computer was for work. I happen to play video games on it in my off hours, right? The business day ends, I'm done right? I'm there kind of, uh, you know, if, if you've got your own business or if if you're part of a small business, you're kind of on call 24 seven. So I, I might be on call, but it's after official hours. And so I play world of Warcraft or something like that. Right. Back in, back in the day when my regular computer was so awful and the, the game engine wasn't very, it was great. It, It became way better fairly recently, but, uh, so you know four frames a second kind of thing so i play at work and but the work computer cost thousands of dollars right and but the the work computer contributed toward a so this these things contribute towards a um a tax rebate okay now but i was thinking psychologically psychologically so psychologically speaking um i'm i have a problem I have my own personal budget because right now there's no concept of a business associated with any of this. Okay. So I have my own personal budget and I can think to myself, well, you know, it would be really good if I had a video card, but I don't actually need one. Like you, you need one minion. You're talking about that. You have justified it. You have good reason to have it. There's a great opportunity that's out there. You're probably not going to find one, because apparently there, there are memes about trying to buy these cards that they just don't exist anymore. <laughs> but
0: Yeah, I saw reports where within not even three minutes, they were all gone.
1: <laughs> Yay, bots! Yeah, actually, I had looked into the the auto-bidding bots and stuff like that, and... And so people are making, like, joke eBay listings with, like, this is a $38,000 car and it's, like, just a drawing of the card. It's, like, authentic drawing of 3080 GTX. Oh, <laughs> people selling rolls of toilet paper, and it's it's, like, collector's edition. <laughs> i don't know if they're real listings i'm not going to bother looking you know i want to believe but these are just they
0: probably are and whoever has the lowest people would go for the lowest and such well but these
1: aren't real cards right it's it's or
0: not the real not the fake ones but there are real ones
1: on the market. oh yeah i've heard that there are some real ones on the market that are just going for some astronomical price and it's probably yeah. just you know friends are bidding it up the kind of thing um and maybe you'll get a bite from some rich person who just goes, I don't care whatever you know it costs five thousand dollars. I want it done And uh, yeah. I don't understand that attitude but once you get once you get super wealthy, it's somebody else making the purchase for you you just get you're like get me a new computer. I don't know what's a good computer these days like twenty thousand here here's a budget. I don't know you deal with it And like the rest goes into that shopper's pocket kind of thing, but whatever, right? So they'll go out and buy this kind of ridiculous stuff. These are the people that pay the $25 shipping on the $5 item, right? They exist. That's their thing. It looks ridiculous to you and I, but it happens. So these listings, um, they might very rarely get a bite, but that very rarely makes it worth Listing and maybe even paying the listing fee because you have to pay eBay to Begin the bidding at a certain amount. I mean at the end of the day if
0: you come up positive, that's all that matters
1: Yeah, basically and what some of these guys do is and it's of course it's against the rules is you start your bidding at zero You have a legitimate item you would lose a you would lose the entire value of the item if you sold it for one dollar so what you do it, it, most of the time that won't happen. Right. So you, you'll get some interest, random people out there, but let's say you, you want to run a con is you take your item, you list it at, at zero. Okay. Then you have your friend bid it up. Then you have your other friend bid it up to like, you know, the market value. And then you have your third friend bid it up a little bit more. So right now, um, what you've done is you've lined things up so that if, uh, a non friend comes in and bids just like a penny more or whatever however it works um, you're making a profit because your friend bid it up to where you're profitable so that's how things normally work and there are certain circumstances where you'll have a scalper community bid up one another in order to get it to a certain height and then they're hoping that some outsider will come in and, and bid And see all the activity and be like, I want to get in on this. And as soon as that happens, suddenly nobody else bids. (laughs) So this person's buying, uh, uh, you know, an $800 card for 5,000, right? But, but they bid that. So it's legit. But all the other bidders were all frauds. And what would have happened is if no foreigner or no non-participant, uh, got involved, it would the bidding would have been won by a friend the transaction would have occurred they would have done a back deal backroom deal where the item isn't shipped or like an empty box is shipped right for tracking purposes or whatever um and they they i've heard stories like you you ship rocks or something like that for the equivalent weight or whatever the heck and then the the money is never is like returned or something because these are your friends in the community right so see or it's or it's the same person's second account or something like that and um and this this stuff is out there it's happening now and people that aren't familiar with this problem are now seeing it live right they're seeing it live this is not surprising in the least um i so like i mentioned before i was hoping that the company that nvidia would have made enough enough to make bank and then kind of squeak on by so that they can have production at kind of a a stable amount. And they create that rarity that there's a supply problem where they create a rarity. But the reason that it would be a smart thing to do is because they don't know what the value of the dollar is going to be, given that the economics in the world is unknowable at this moment. And the price of production or the parts or whatever might make it uh so so because i understand a little bit of the the electronic side of things so the business in the electronic side of things they've got a card and the card has many components and the components are made in many different places and often they have deals with different companies the dream is that they own all those companies but they don't okay so they have like subcontractors so to speak that make all these parts and they often have a supply of some of the parts and building cards is uh, has a bottleneck for some of these other parts and that what the bottlenecks are is going to change depending on how other how those businesses are producing their stuff because they're often serving multiple companies for different kinds of chips and stuff like that And a smart company will try to do everything as in-house as possible. And will make sure that those manufacturers only have them as their sole contract, stuff like this, like Apple tends to be like that. And so what the, what for a video card, it might have all kinds of parts scattered everywhere. And in uncertain economic times, the problem is if certain values shift around, you might have a stockpile over there that they uh, need to get fulfilled. that there's a promise over there, but the costs went up for that manufacturer because of economic instability. And so the, the, now the price of the card has to change, or there are supply problems with certain parts because there's scarcity issues because of, you know, money, things get odd and the things can get odd spread across all of these different components so nvidia has this weird problem where well do they manufacture everything up front and just have a stockpile and then the stockpile might value or devalue depending on the market or like do they make a lot of stuff up front and hope they sell it all they will uh do they have the manufacturer constant across all of these different companies and hope their relationships all stay the same that they all they're that they're all honest actors and they're all going to fulfill their bids their contracts if they do they pay everything up front do they wait for delivery uh, will the costs change and now their promises for card costs have to change and like all this weird stuff can happen and so i was i wasn't sure what would happen with their cards because i wasn't sure how many they would make apparently they were really dumb like really spectacularly uh, i don't know i don't know so they didn't make enough okay Now, what I'm wondering right out the gate, because I wondered before, is how, um, like how effective are these cards at displacing what exists for power performance for doing cryptocurrency mining? Because a lot of that stuff, um, a lot of that stuff is, is out there, is being used like that. And actually, I want to take a small break right away. Something came up. So, Minion, can you switch to our break timer? I'll come back early. I'll come back in 10 minutes, and we'll continue that. I'm back if you want to continue. Okay. That was some terrible nausea. Sorry about that. Maybe I'm pregnant. It could happen.
0: Uh, no. (laughs) Without. So, one of the shows I was watching...
1: We probably don't want to Monster. go there. <laughs> uh fine. <laughs> um be, before we migrate away from the, the video card topic, I wanna to talk about something. I had been meaning to talk about this ever since we originally brought it up. And one of the one of the breakthroughs okay you know they give you bigger numbers it's a new video card blah 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 and it's all the traditional numbers and the one thing that really piqued my interest is is they were talking about video card uh, memory speed memory breakthroughs and the thing about video card memory is video card memory is a look to the future of desktop regular desktop memory and it desktop memory tends to be uh a good a good solid generation or two behind what's on video cards and it's not a price issue it's not a rarity issue it's just technologically speaking stuff gets cooked into video cards it's right on the bare metal right next to where all the processing happens and we don't have that closeness on the motherboard near the cpu Uh, there's another category of uh, memory um, called l1 l2 that is baked into the actual chip itself or the the package and the the actual sticks of memory that you have you know the sticks that gives you you know, four eight 16 gigs of memory this kind of stuff okay that stuff is uh separate the discrete stick sticks are separate enough that you're not going to get the cutting edge of what's doable on video cards okay now the video card memory they've got now is trinary Okay, now trinary memory is um, a concept that had been theorized since the beginning, that wasn't possible due to hmm, how do I put it? Let me let me cough quick. Oh, I'm gonna have to edit that out of my stuff. Maybe I should have muted my mic physically. Oops. Okay, so uh, trinary mem- memory had never been possible until now because the uh the the fine the kind of fine resolution necessary was impossible like completely utterly impossible to 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 do it all and then later to to do it and reproduce it as a a consumer manufactured retailable thing it just wasn't possible so it was done. Now, what, what trinary memory is normally, so what we have now is binary memory. So we, we have zero and one and what zero and one means is zero doesn't mean no electricity. Uh, Most people will talk about it this way. And it's not, it's not totally wrong to say that it's close enough, whatever, not a big deal. And so it's, but really what it is, is it's low, low, low voltage. It's just, just, it's technically, it's not as detectable as one, which is not full, but more or less up there. There's a threshold where, uh, below and above means zero and one. And this is why there are some accuracy issues and their quality problems. And there's like error checking and stuff like that, that exists throughout the hardware and software levels. And if things have been good like life has been good now the thing is zero and one in memory is just that that those those classes those zones of how things are measured now trinary is a is a middle ground okay so there's low there's middle floating in a range and there's above that range so trinary Memory is now in the 30, the 30, 70, 80, 90 graphics cards. Now, trinary computing, we're, we're not ready for that. There, there's no aspect of the the of computing today that is ready for that even slightly. Not even Linux. <laughs> um, and so the hardware the the graphics processor the actual processing packages uh, are are actually capable of wielding that trinary memory okay so it's very specialized hardware that's now capable of doing the number crunching not just with with zero one but zero one two like I guess you would call it zero one two but it's not it's like it's like the traditional zero 1 plus uh, 0.5-ish, right? And that possibility opens up, that can be used as a, a vast speed improvement, like seriously ridiculously vast. They could use the same number of quote-unquote gigabytes of memory, but if it's trinary, it, the difference in speed is is ridiculous, right? It's that extra third more. I'm, I'm not going to do the math because, you know, it's math. But but you can imagine, and there, there are problems. In it. Okay, so you'd say, well, it's a third. You're getting access to a third more memory, but that doesn't mean a third more speed because now you have to push that information out into memory and withdraw it and all this kind of stuff right so right there's more happening there they've actually upgraded more than to trinary they've, they have other speed improvements but that was really impressive to hear really impressive because i'm now wondering how close we're going to get to trinary computers now that's a really fascinating uh, topic to think about. It, it is a very futurism, science fiction-y thing to think about. I had already read science fiction with this in mind. Is It was, a, it was a, a largely forgettable story that ended with an essay. <laughs> it was hilarious, but it talked about trinary computing. And the problem is every single piece of software can't comprehend tr- the idea of trinary. And every single piece of hardware and every single CPU, like in the world, can't can't comprehend trinary. Everything would have to be done from scratch. Nothing would be compatible anymore. We'd we'd have compatibility layers like emulation and stuff like that that could that could uh create an environment, a wrapper that would allow, you know, a, a slightly slower version of everything to run in it. But really what this trinary computing it provides an opportunity to begin again. To do things maybe right the second time and this is the abandonment of all the old methods all the old processor legacy garbage and there's a lot of garbage uh, getting rid of all these the, there's backwards compatibility on backwards compatibility on and on and it is so for the the most common stuff for the Intel compatible stuff so this is, includes AMD So for, for all of what we would consider commercial everyday person stuff, everyday person computers, um, those, those chips are built on a legacy that goes so far back that you can run good old fashioned eight bit DOS programs on them more or less, right? Things can be a little bit weird. I haven't done this kind of stuff in a long time, but I had like decent, like solid good computers running old old software just boot into that mode and things you know boot off of a floppy drive right and but you have something that is uh that is uh like 50 times more powerful than the original hardware it's completely different generations of separation from at, at any rate so there's there's this legacy stuff that's out there and the trinary memory would need to be used by processors that understand that stuff and for it to be addressable as trinary as opposed to binary the software would have to understand that stuff and the so, there's an opportunity the thing is huh, the thing is getting your software to use that trinary isn't isn't easy it there's a really serious set of problems in computer science just like there was a set of problems when uh, changing software to to be from 32-bit to 64-bit 64-bit allowed uh, more access to a, a larger amount of memory there ended up being some speed issues 32-bit is technically faster uh, it's it's like It's like blowing into a large straw or a small straw and getting the force of wind out. There are certain limitations for how much you can pass. Like there's certain limitations for how much memory you can address with 32-bit versus 64-bit. I'm not sure if these problems were really, because people just walked away from 32-bit more and more because 64 is a bigger number. Um, I happen to do that because more and more of my software was uh, being supported as only 64-bit so I kind of migrated over there and uh, Windows 10 I've got Windows 10 64-bit and so I have limitations there and anyhow I'm not much of a Linux guy anymore so a lot of these concerns go away but you can't just take Windows and go like hey Windows work on trinary Microsoft would have to kind of do a lot of stuff from scratch and maybe like get their act together during during doing all that and the thing is i had talked about the before the disruptive potential of the of a reduced instruction set like um like the arm platform right how that idea would be brought out to uh, laptops so from phones out into laptops even to desktops and how software could be could be redone to work on arm. And that that's a a really difficult feat, but if this new trinary memory technology comes in, well, what is going to address that? What kind of CPU is going to address that? Like does what things have to happen in the hardware world and in the operating system world, in all the APIs, the drivers, the you know, the operating system, the software, like what happens for all of that stuff? We're going to have a situation where you're going to have, you're going to learn which of the developers for all the software you like, which developers are alive or not. And you're going to have a bunch of software that's just going to be done. It's gone. So, uh, so the, the, this video card coming out like what? What does it mean? Does it mean that Nvidia is going to get into the market of supplying this, um, this memory? I mean, are, where did they they get this memory from? Who's got the patent for it? Right? What about the processes? Who who owns those companies that have the factories? Who makes it? Like, is this licensed to Nvidia? If Nvidia controls this stuff in, in some manner, how are they going to make a Are they going to cut a deal with somebody else? Like, are we going to see Apple get first to market? And when Apple does their conversion over to ARM, also do trinary memory and just utterly blow everything else away. And for the first time, really they'll be able to justify the prices of their garbage. Maybe they'll have the magnetic cables and stuff again. You know, who knows? (laughs) Like, maybe they'll stop selling their um, monitor stands separately and stuff like that. Um so there's there's wasn't there
0: a video about Lewis complaining
1: about them doing it again
0: with their phones or the charging cables weren't sold together Really? I uh, actually
1: I haven't kept up on him in a long time in a long time. I actually um I was interested so I get interested and stuff happens in the world. So I got interested and then I went back and I watched every single video he had made from scratch. Um which, which, that's
0: some dedication.
1: Yeah. So every single motherboard video, every single repair video, everything, everything, everything. So I, I heard all the little tricks, the nuances, the like all kinds of stuff. Not that it all stuck. Cause this is not my interest. This isn't even my hobby. This isn't my job. It's not going to be, but technically speaking. So I'd watch everything again, if I wanted to get into it properly. Um, but uh but yeah so uh but i haven't seen any of his new stuff recently i mean it okay i'll take the blame for it because i actually did call his office up and mention that he ought to kind of like curate some of the stuff that's on his that's on his channel um specifically he had a publicly viewable uh likes list which I don't know if most people understand this stuff, but some of the content that you, you interact with the websites that, that you use your social media, some of that is exposed very publicly. Like wh- why would you want somebody to be able to see what you do and don't watch or what you like and don't like, or your list of comments or, or whatnot that that is exposed in some circumstances. So for YouTube, um it was fascinating because he hadn't used it like quote-unquote used it used it in a long time because this business was he was getting busy but back before things started getting busy he I could look at his his list the list of videos he liked like or the the list of videos that somebody favorites for example um you can see that stuff possibly possibly even watch later right so, uh, so I got to see all of his old videos, including the one video that actually prompted him to get into the business in the first place, which is re which is just amazing to to be the insider that actually knew where it all came from. It was just brilliant. He later did bring up that, um, that, that the inception of things, that bit of advice. And, uh, it was, yeah, it was nice to see, but yeah, I haven't, um, I haven't kept up and it's yeah he's uh, he's so you know like it's the same thing indie band versus professional band like he's done that he's now that sort he's no longer indie he's no longer particularly interesting to me he's he's big he's moved he's professional he's got more staff he's got all this fancy camera stuff blah 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 right and it's just not ooh. You can really hear that rumbling vehicle outside my window. How nice. Give me one second. I'm going to make sure I can, I can cut that audio out. I had a moment so I can collect that for noise removal. Um, yeah, it's these people that have these gigantic pickup trucks, but they don't do anything for a living that would require this kind of machine. So it's just obnoxious. Um, at any rate, that's a reasonable pause to to get into something else. Minion, did you want to take like an actual break, or are you okay for continuing on? Are you there, Minion? Okay.
0: Not to go close my window. It doesn't matter.
1: <laughs> okay. So, um, I talked about the curtain stuff already. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk okay how, how do I get into this
0: You okay. pick a topic you open your mouth and then you I exhale words out.
1: yes words words occur so I play World of Warcraft I've mentioned mentioned it a bunch of times this is not exactly a point of pride <laughs> I know like lo- lots of people play it and all this kind of crap and it's not necessarily a great game and bloody bloody blah but i've played it because i have a really good guild environment Now blizzard uh they've recently uh, merged yet again a bunch of quote-unquote small servers so now like the server that i'm on is is being uh defecated on by all these bots and all these people from all these other places and it's just obnoxious now so it's probably going to it's 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 not a good experience it's really not um but at any rate at any rate i'm there because of the guild that i've got the guild environment um and and so I'm, I'm preparing for the next expansion, which is coming up fairly soon. I can't remember when, but I'm, I know it's going to absolutely obliterate my ability to study Friesian so, or work on this podcast even. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. We might have to shorten this to two hours or something, but I do need to sh- shift a whole lot of effort over to you and Minion. I'm not really sure how that's all going to work out, but it's going to be weird. It's going to be very weird. Um, I'm going to sleep like three hours a night for a while at any rate so when new content comes out i'm i'm crazy i don't use my old characters anymore i retire them they they are a snapshot in time of old stuff and then i I roll a new one and i play that again and i learn maybe i change to play a different kind of character maybe i have a different mindset as i'm playing and and so and i do that from you know from scratch all the way up in time for the next expansion. And then that character steps into that expansion with really none of the baggage of the previous, uh, expansions. Okay. So I don't, I don't roll over my previous characters. So I have a whole lot of new ones. And I, I did this one most recently. And here's the thing. I didn't really intend to do this, but for some reason all i needed to do is roll over my character from one level to to just push one extra level in there and i had a character that get got access to teleporting into the next expansions content normally what you would do is you would go through a quest line and you would like learn about all the issues of that expansion and how oh hero come and help you know the same old nonsense and your character would kind of you, the player, would be handheld and be brought through the storyline with all the cut scenes and all that. And no, I, I just decided to go work a little bit harder, get my level, learn how to teleport, teleport directly into the expansion, completely bypassing the entire storyline. My character is just there, teleports in, into an empty expansion with nothing there. <laughs> like, oh, well... And so I go exploring because it's weird. And I learned that there's like... So the entire core of the expansion is gone, is not there yet, has not been populated because my character hasn't gone through the storyline. So I haven't met all the correct characters, haven't done all the right stuff. And so I'm going out into the world and I bump into actual like the population of the landscape that like act like regular stuff that are not tied to the expansion as such the background noise. They have their own little individual quests and, and so I'm like, Oh, well, you know, I wonder if I can do this. So I actually did. It was hard because I had absolutely no rewards. I had, I think I got like two minor rewards throughout all of this stuff. Just doing quest after quest after quest, getting nothing but gold. Which, I mean, isn't useful, because I can't buy anything, because there's there's nobody there. I can't... And so I actually went through the entire of the expansion, and uh, just last night, hit maximum, hit, hit hit cap, so to speak, ready for the next expansion, having a character that has absolutely no idea what happened that entire expansion, which was... The most ludicrous feat, and I just decided because I could, <laughs> I would do this. Because it doesn't matter. I'm not going to go like raiding with it. I'm not. It's not a real character until I until I buy the next expansion until I get into that. And there's a motorcycle. I hate you, motorcycle. Why do people own those things? Don't know. It's uh makes them feel better. So so I have this habit. <laughs> Blizzard knows me. So I have this habit of examining and breaking everything, everywhere, just cause it's, it's hilarious sometimes. And sometimes because I wonder if it's even possible. And I tend to think of things that developers, um, you know, that there's a, there's a thing with making software where you might test and test and test, but it, a, a user brings the kind of stupid that you cannot, uh, that you cannot predict, and so you know you have a form, and it asks you know fill out your age, and the the user types the words, <laughs> and you're like, wait, no, that's not what I meant, <laughs> and the program doesn't know how to deal with that, and <laughs> just just kind of dies, and I'm kind of like that for for so long that I actually got a reputation. From, from previous and I'm, I'm just going to keep doing stuff like this because it's absolutely, it's phenomenally hilariously fun because uh, there's nothing else to do. Like we're, everybody is done. We're just kind of like puttering around, doing nothing in particular, socializing, catching up on, you know, the leftover stuff. And, you know, there's, it's, we're done. Like we have, we have completed everything, all of the content all the end game raids and stuff like that we're done so we're kind of like goofing around so i i'm not important i took a break a while ago i i missed out on a lot of stuff uh but i was burnt out because i I usually get burnt out their their stuff kind of sucked so i didn't want to play anymore i came back you know came back to get ready for the next expansion get back in touch with these people with my my guildies so And yeah so I I had the time I'm like oh I'll just goof around with with this weird character and and I have I have shocked I have shocked the people around me with the the weird stuff that I do so um, Wow let's pivot to something way different okay so so audacity is the uh, I'm actually recording audio on that right now minion and I are creating separate audio tracks and Audacity is—it's okay. I mean, it's—it's it's pretty. It's straightforward, right? Like it does the job well. I—I quite like it. And uh, the—you pro- <laughs> know, the thing about recording anything is it actually takes it, it needs to go somewhere, so it needs to get get pressed onto a disc. And and Audacity. If you're, if you're working with that data, cause, cause it isn't about recording necessarily. It's also about going in and making certain kinds of changes to your stuff. And the thing about a software is people are used to being able to control Z and undo what they just did. And when you're working on audio, you might have to do that, um, Oh, you know, quite frequently because you might be making a change and then listening to it and making sure that your change Works for your ears, and and undoing it, doing it a different way, etc., and just going on and on. And I was doing sweeping track-wide changes for normalization and noise removal, all this, all this stuff, right? All the hard stuff. And the thing is, I ran, I, it would just spit out an error, error, and die. And I, I'd try to open it up, and it would whine about recovering, and then it wouldn't recover, and then. I'd, I'd just have this blank track and it would destroy what I was working on. And it was awful. I'd have to go and restore from backups and I'd have to start from scratch. And I've wasted so much time. It's just like a good waste of a half an hour every time this kind of thing happens. And I, cause I'm the type I go and I explore and try to understand what's going on. I look up the error messages and like, I must be the first user to ever have this stuff happen because i get no results looking this stuff up. And I, I finally figure out that it's because I'm running out of hard drive space because the undo buffer is, tr- is keeping a copy of the project snapshotting every time I make one of these sweeping changes. So it's like an extra gigabyte every time I make one of these track-wide changes. And I just ran out of space because I was doing all that stuff for track one and then all over again for track two and it was just ballooning the size of this thing i hadn't noticed it before because what i was doing is i would be using it across a usb 3.1 gen one uh dock and that drive had a lot of space but it's slow because it's it's usb 3.1 gen one what people incorrectly call usb 3.0 and So now I'm noticing this problem. I copied it over to make it go faster, but now I have hard drive constraints. I'm solving that by moving stuff over to a different internal drive. It's like a different internal SSD. And it's, uh, so the problem will not happen again, but that has obliterated a bunch of stuff that I was working on, making this editing so much harder. Ah, it's just unbelievably annoying to have this kind of stuff happen. Um, So moving, moving right along. (laughs) I I hope to make that minions problem. Um, Moving right along. Um,
0: I don't feel happy anymore. Well, wait a sec. How's my bro? It will become, we'll talk about how you do the voicing things, but it's, I bumped. So when I did the, it's a long time ago when I did some recording. The video stuff? And then, yeah. And then I cleaned it up. Um,
1: you mean cleaning up the audio?
0: Yeah, cleaning up the audio, normalizing bass and equalizing and such.
1: Oh, that would have been nice to hear because you could have helped me. I had to learn this from scratch.
0: You didn't
1: <laughs> I didn't ask. Okay, well, yeah. You
0: knew I was doing recording I... an actual. <gasps>
1: I did I assumed that you had no competency whatsoever so that you would you'd be useful you you'd be useless for asking advice I mean the
0: phrase is all there <laughs> the one time you don't ask
1: I mean you're the one that doesn't want to be like relied upon <laughs> so I wasn't relying on you
0: The one time people don't ask
1: oh well okay so so you had some previous experience doing audio editing because you were doing. So do you, do you want to do you wanna talk about what you were doing the video recording for? I mean, do you want to... Because mm, it's kind of anonymous, not, isn't not. it, for you, the video stuff? Mm, sort of. Yeah, he does webcam modeling.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just use a green screen.
1: <laughs> you use a green bodysuit so you can paint somebody else over top of you? <laughs> we get you, like, a crash test dummy suit. That would work. Oh jeez. <laughs> Somebody out there is doing that. That would be hilarious. Uh, so okay, so so you have some prior yeah. experience. So but were you doing the and odd...
0: then the new version of audacity changed things and I had to go peek around and found out throughout through message boards or places that they changed things and moved them to other places and it was it was still roughly the exact same procedure just Things look different.
1: Yeah, they'll sh- they'll, they will shuffle buttons around and stuff like that, right? Well,
0: um, they changed um, how something looked and presented.
1: Yeah, I'm, uh, I don't know. I looked into a whole lot of other audio editing stuff and video editing suites. And man, is this stuff. Just the interface is so poor. And I remember back in the day back in the early YouTube days and stuff like that. People were making things with, with windows movie maker stuff like that. And and even that was really hard to use, Uh, really interesting stuff, like really simple, really smart. And it was removed for reasons unknown, even though it still works. And I know how to get it installed again and stuff like that. Um, from the Microsoft essentials pack, I think it is something like that, which you can, you have to find the right nook of the internet to, to get it. Even I got it from Microsoft, I believe, uh, just from some old old archive. Um, so so yeah, I, I do. Um, I do want to do less work because I really do want to get into the Frisian stuff because it it is. Uh, it's probably at the. It's probably one of the students' uh project like actual class project to create this course. And it's like a university professor and some, and a handful of other actual profess professionals are involved in the project. So I actually, I want to be there and kind of take advantage of that level of expertise, even though they're fairly hands-off. So it's kind of important, but it's also kind of important because I'm pretty sure it's going to become an endangered language, perhaps not in my lifetime, but, but, um, soon right uh, just it's the old you know only old people have it. and everybody else it's not so common as a first language and all this kind of stuff like like so and it's the one <laughs> it's basically the one place in the world that has this as a course um that that i'm in touch with and that as it turns out, I'm like the lead guy with the community. That's all interested in this. It's like, I, I just stepped up. So I do want to take it more seriously because I think it's kind of important for, again, this is the, this is the closest cousin to English living or dead, the closest cousin to English. And that makes it, uh, that makes it notable, really important So, um, let's, let's move on a little bit more. How much, let me me switch screens. A lot. We we have 30 minutes? Okay. Uh, Uh, wait, for what? For, for the rest of the show. More or less. More or less. So probably like 20, but whatever. Right. Okay. So have I talked about, I've, I've talked a little bit about putting my room up on Jack's and, um it has opened up the floor space and revealed just how dusty all the corners are that I've had bins in and stuff like that. And so I've, I've really got a vacuum and I've really got to examine how many of these like old computers and stuff like that, that I really need kicking around because I have my old, old computer and I think it's time that I retire it, but I'm not sure. Do I, do I like donate this stuff? Do I just donate the parts? <laughs> um, I guess I don't need a floppy drive cause it's got one. Uh, do I need the ability to boot from a floppy anymore for any purpose? Uh, I don't think I'm going to be running anything old on hardware. I think it'll be in virtual machines, you know, etc., etc. Like I could get a USB floppy drive and then take it, turn it into a little, turn it into a file and then use that file with a virtual machine and boot from it. Like All these contemporary solutions, which didn't exist before, they were just awful and awkward, or they were ideas back in the day. Now, completely obsolete boxes that I've got. So I actually have technically two spare computers over here. And Minion, you gave me like the old full tower case thing that you had. And the reason that I haven't transplanted everything, I, I can now, I have the actual... I arrange things. So I have the space now for it. So it's not f- physically a floor space. It, I, it's not a floor space issue anymore. It's the fact that it's got, it's like got a sealed front cover, right? So I can't actually put the docks that I need in because I actually use that computer for like performing backups and as a media box and all this kind of stuff. And so it actually has multiple drive bays And I need to be able to swap the swap hard drives out to perform my backups. Cause I, I actually, so I have, I, although I have internal boxes in it, I also use removable hard drives and they're removable. So I can put them in a fireproof safe. So it's an actual backup. That's what backups are for. And technically I should have offsite backups and stuff like that. But when you're talking about having eight terabytes of data, uploading all that is going to take a long time and then you need processes to to update that that upload and and all that costs money like you might be able to get a certain amount free and then then you're talking about money and sometimes it's quite a lot of money and sometimes it's it's uh if you're lucky it's just x amount of of money Per month and then it is X amount of money for uh, the data transfer so I would I would upload it all once and maybe that would be free just to fill that up and then I pay a storage fee kind of like having stuff at a locker Um, and then there would be a, a transport fee if I ever wanted to to get it all back because because my continent sunk into the sea or something like that then I'd have to pay a fee to get it all so That's one of those circumstances where, okay, okay. So, so when you create backups, when you have backups, I'm not necessarily talking just about computers, but when you have a spare, you don't just need to have a spare. You need to have a spare and a tested means of actually switching to that spare. Okay. And if you have never, actually gone through that procedure and proved that you can use can that you can switch to the spare you may as well not have it in the first place okay so it's like saying okay so it's like saying well I've got a, a new unwrapped hard drive over there so if my current hard drive doesn't work anymore I've got this other one and I can just download all my data again onto this new hard drive and I'm up and running again but if you've never tried that before number one, you don't know if that hard drive even works in the first place because you've never plugged it in and spun it up and looked at it. Okay. Number two, well, when you actually tried to do that, you learned that your computer doesn't turn on again. Your, your hard drive dies. Your computer doesn't turn on again. You swap the hard drives out. There's nothing happens because there's no windows on it, for example. And, So you have to go and find your USB stick to install it. Or you have to find your old Windows... Like, I have an old Windows 8.1 CD over there. Well, okay, do do I... Now I install Windows 8.1, but then I don't have the software to download my stuff. And, oh, what was my password for the account? And, well, but I need to upgrade Windows 8.1 to Windows 10 again. And then that's all these downloads. And then... Like all this stuff starts coming up and it's all kinds of stuff that you, you might have been able to, to sit down and meditate on the problem and, and th- think about and discover all these things maybe, but more likely than not, all of these problems will arise as you're going through this process, this kind of checklist that you're building. And it's weird because right at all the way out to the end, it goes like so you've tested all of the stuff you need to do but right at the very end it's it costs x amount of dollars to get that data to download it make sure that that money is in the bank right and if it costs nothing don't assume that you'll have the money set it aside have it there have it reserved and this sounds like a dumb thing when, when it's in the context of this backup, this hard drive, this, this stuff, but you can apply this to everything. Like you can say, for example, that you've got, um, you've got a spare set of knives or something like that. Like you bought a set of knives, you love it. So you buy a spare. Well, if you've never unpacked, if you've never looked at that, the spare knives, you don't know if they're blunt or not. And if it turns out that they're blunt, well, it's good that you learned it right away. You still have your good set of knives that you're using. Now you've got this blunt set of knives. It's not a suitable backup No. So if you chip or if you, if like, if like you loan out, you have one of those friends or something that, that quote unquote borrows something and it gets damaged or whatever the heck, right? Knives is a, is a weird example, but it could be your tool set or something like that. Right. But you go to your spare and you find out that your spares are dull. Well, now do you have the sharpening tools? Do you even know how to use them? Do you want to learn? Like, maybe, maybe not. I, I find it kind of fascinating. But, and it, is it easy? Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Do, do you hire, do you like get a refund and buy other stuff that, that is suited for you, right? Do you, do you try to get the exact same model of your original knives but maybe those are way too expensive and so you want to just stuff that makes that that you can make do with and to save some money because it's just spares like there's all kinds of stuff that happens when you're actually pressuring that system to switch to using the backups and so there are certain circumstances in my computing life or in my real life where there are certain things that are, that I'm relying on and as soon as I recognize that I'm relying on certain things, I need to obsolete it and I need to have some backup system in place. I can use that thing, but I have to recognize that it, that there needs to be a fallback. Right. And. So this is really important for things like hard drives. So I need the ability to know how to switch to my backup drives. And this is actually a remarkably strange problem with a lot of contemporary computing, cause I need to have, uh, I put, there's a way to prepare windows to have it create a, a recovery USB stick, which I really highly recommend people make. So after this show, go look into that. It's pretty straightforward, you know, windows S recovery, and then go through the procedure, give it a stick. It will nuke the stick and it will download a specialized package, preparing a bootable USB stick, try booting onto it and see if you get the proper windows install thing, don't actually install, but it's the tool that will let you perform certain recovery actions or. Install from scratch and all, and maybe maybe try it. Maybe try it on a separate hard drive. I'll try it on a separate computer. That's a spare. Understand how it works. And but if you don't have something like that, well, what do you do if your computer kinda dies? You know, how do you how do you recover? How do you right? If I lose my CD, what happens? You know, what does that? <laughs> if I lose that CD, if it stops working, which is a big problem. Well, how do I install Windows ever? So there's some problems. There's some weird problems like that. Um, so I I'm I'm almost out of stuff. I, I want to talk about some audio treatment, soundproofing type stuff, quick, and uh, then I'm done. Maybe we should talk about the administrivia of because uh, you were talking about some intro stuff you wanted to do, um, which I'm I'm fine with. We can discuss that. So Well these past few dates I've been every now and then just thinking
0: of it's more like your eighty
1: twenty rule, but for me it's like eighty and then point something. <laughs> yeah, you, I, I'm saying it's like your sixty five <laughs> maybe, like you may may maybe forty five ten, if you're lucky, we'll push for that. If I'm lucky it's point something maybe right and then that's that's one of the the thing is that that small amount that leftover amount that kind of bit ends up being uh it ends up contributing to a kind of uh, moral improvement a moral encouragement to help reveal that you can do better like it's one thing to have the day-to-day grind but you're not going to find success coming home from work, having worked your full day. Like, that's not an accomplishment. That's just you surviving. And if it's like that from your work life to your social or family, your home or hobby life, however everything works, and at the end of it, all you've done is just accomplish the same as before, well, that's it. That's, that's not an accomplishment. That's just surviving. But if you, if there's this tiny sliver of time that you use, that you will recognize in the future that you've used to improve so that it isn't just surviving, it's surviving plus a tiny bit of improvement. The next day you will benefit from that improvement. It will encourage you to, to repeat it, to try a little bit harder, to, uh, achieve a little bit more, to learn a little bit more, whatever. And then the day after the day after and it depends on the person, right? So you maybe every year you spend a weekend working on something new, like maybe that's all you can do. Maybe between now and the end of the year, you set a couple of goals, like three, no more than three. Like if you can't keep it in your head, it's too much. Uh, And you don't necessarily need to keep a list of requirements. You just, just keep your goals in mind and be like, well, this year I wanna put out my video. I wanna put out my whatever. I wanna to, wanna to create a logo or I wanna you know put my bet up on stilts or I wanna and that just it's and that's it. And that when that gets done and you need to actually push, it needs to not be a landmine you ignore, it's not a reminder, it needs to be something that just that 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 you allow to bother you. Then you accomplish that and then every day thereafter you get the your past self is now helping your present self having accomplished that and if you keep acting like that every time you act like that your past self is now pushing is now like wind behind your sail so to speak and that's that's how and there's some people that are just driven like that all the time. And it's uh uh I hate them. I can't I can't do that. <laughs> right? It's it's these are the uh the overly upbeat you can do it, you just try and, and <laughs> seize the day. It's just like no bro, life's kind of hard <laughs> and things are busy, and you know but but they there is something to learn from that, uh, from the momentum they gain. So, yeah, that's, I mean, all you need is a, your fraction of a percent if, but you actually have to do it and make it meaningful and noticeable for next time. And then your future self will appreciate your current self, your present self. You know? um, it's, it's the entire, uh, it's the entire argument with the journaling concept, right? The journaling concept will eventually fragment you out into these, these, multi, it'll, it'll make it obvious when you have these past successes, because if it's just a blank page, well, you know that past self didn't do anything for you, right? And if that happened and you're doing that again today, you know what that feeling is going to be tomorrow and the day after. But if you accomplish one tiny thing, I changed the light bulb in my room. Oh joy, right? But tomorrow comes along, you read that, you're like, hey, you know, I didn't really do much, but I have I have a new light bulb. That's okay, that's something. That's something. For for me for me, I changed the light bulb. I didn't need to change a light bulb. I just wanted a, a higher quality light bulb in there. I'm not seeing any difference at all, so it's kind of a waste of time. But I ended up uh mostly pulling down the entire fixture, which which was frustrating it had like rusty screws and it was falling apart and so I like I rained down uh, the so it was made in the era of incandescent bulbs and so it actually had a reflector and it had uh, like insulation and so my first reaction to insulation was oh is this asbestos because it was old but no no it's not and I I couldn't put it all back together again properly so I'm like okay you know what I'm not putting in incandescence we like technically Canada wasn't supposed to have incandescent bulbs anymore so these are the ones that basically generate heat in order to to for that inefficiency to create light um it and and it was it's an awful power hungry it's the old stuff right so now we're switching to all kinds of LED type stuff, right? And it's power saving and it's cool and all this kind of stuff. And so that's never happening. It's never happening in the ceiling light, so I'm not going to worry about it. This is why a lot of the warnings that say, oh, maximum 60, 60 watts and stuff like that, it just doesn't apply anymore because we don't have bulbs that use that much power anymore until you're talking about like um, f- broad spectrum uh, growing lights for. Gardening. If you have got an indoor herb gar- herb garden, herb garden. How do we want to pronounce that? If if you're growing your rosemary on your on your oh. f- on your uh, like so. table or something like that, but it, it's not good enough for some stuff, especially wintertime and such. So you need to have like there are these little specialized boxes with these lights in it, and it generates a massive amount of heat, but it's for broad spectrum light because certain plants really really require that they just won't live they will not survive in regular room lighting onions are really weird because they apparently work well on a windowsill with terrible indirect light so i'm not sure what's going on there but but yeah if you're growing fairly sensitive plants then and so those things have wattage problems but but overhead lights yeah so i pulled out the insulation so that's an example of like technically speaking that was a bit of my 20% that I went to go and it ended up being this massive waste of time that took me like two That took me the evening and some sweating and standing on a chair to figure out and so it was terrible but today and tomorrow and the day after I can at least look back at that fixture and know that at least I changed the light bulb (laughs) it was dumb and there's a story attached to it but clap clap good job like okay well i've i have always known that i wanted to replace that fixture but i didn't know what was up there that's a problem that that there's a lot of like pseudo chandeliers and stuff like that in old houses where uh it could have some wacky fixture stuff because it's dealing with the weight or it's it's an atypical kind of installation um so there's always this concern where if you open stuff up somewhere that it's it's weird and in my case it was hard to put back together again but i got a chance to look up there as well so it's a side benefit and now i can think about well well now i know what the wiring is like now i know what the mounting is like and i can i have the additional this misadventure gives me the additional advantage of having all this extra knowledge so that I can be empowered I can be informed and I can go out and purchase a replacement or uh, I probably won't go and get something in a thrift store or something used anything like that I probably get something new I'm just not sure I this feeds into problems of lighting and all this kind of stuff which is I have certain considerations for that I'm not sure how to approach some of the problems Um, my next, other than the, the curtain thing, uh, which I, am not convinced I need to do. I'm, I might disassemble that part of the room and it would just be clean. It would have shelves. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The other thing I'm thinking about is, uh, what to do with, uh, like soundproofing or insulation or sound treatment, or I've got some ideas. Um, but, but we'll see. We'll see I think one of the things I want to look into is how the heck to try to soundproof that washing machine I don't know if I can do anything with the water pressure problem where it bangs the pipes somewhere because uh, I don't think I can open up the walls I like I know enough now that I could open up the walls and I could I could redry drywall and stuff like that I know how now it's pretty cool um, I went and learned le- I learned me how to do that and but i'm thinking of putting the washing machine on like there are these special rubber cups that you put underneath the feet and it would prevent it from making so much noise when it's kind of like wobbling around a little as it's as it's uh doing it's it's washing as it's doing the the, because it's moving a whole lot of clothes and water around so it's actually it's actually a little mobile okay so uh, i don't understand what i meant by my last point so i'm pretty much done here uh meaning let's spend some time talking about our um the the intro stuff so youtube has a feature uh, sorry about the yawn okay so you, youtube has a feature which lets you flag one of your videos as like the intro video. It's on the home page of your YouTube channel. And so what you're thinking about is, well, how do we promote, how do we explain things uh, to help a person who arrives at that page, help them help sell the show to them, to that person, right? Um, I'm on board so what you're looking for me to do is prompt us to for like assemble a script kind of thing to try to figure that stuff yeah out. hmm okay Hmm. it's
0: more in the line well hi uh just an introduction of hi i'm this and that and then a general what we are talking about and that's it.
1: Well, what one of the things that we could do is um, do a because I could show you the clipping, and uh, there are some areas. So when I'm doing, I actually do a full listen, and I will n- clip things and note things, and I may not pull them out into separate clips, or I might pull them out. So I. There's like maybe a clip, one clip, two, or maybe just one clip, depending on what day a show is done in. And there are other clips which are there uh, and just not uh, not s- spun out into their own separate clip because they're too short or whatever. I, know, I want something that's a few minutes long. and If it's 30 seconds, who cares? Um... But that stuff, that work has already been done because I do it as soon as I have the opportunity while going through the file while listening, I'll just, I'll take that opportunity and go, Hey, that's cool. That's a cool start. And it may, maybe it doesn't go anywhere, but the notes are there. Now, what that means is in theory, what you could do is go through and like, look at the notes and learn how to cut out, how to move, how to copy out export sections. And you could assemble just a bunch of 15, 30 second clips or whatever. And so we'd have like the script for this would be hello, hello, you know, random, whatever the heck. And then a bunch of example clips, a bunch of these things. You know, if, if you're interested in this stuff, here's some clips, you know, do the little uh, clicky box thing, the overlay, uh, or check the description of this video And if you want to get into the show, you know, start with episode number one or start with where we're at right now. You can catch us live here, you know, do all this pointy stuff. Like I, I'm perfectly fine with breaking out the camera and, and setting things up as best I can, which is pretty good. Um, and having my face shown, that's fine. So really what it comes down to is what you want, how you shape things. And like, you're in charge. You tell me what you want to do. So, so just as the
0: the concept of that was just a sort of like a greeter at the door but basically you know, yeah
1: they're... one of the challenges is the notion that this might be the first impression that people get and, and it's a little bit scary because technically speaking every show might be the first impression that people get that's why I'm trying more and more to make that, that first five minutes good and to get the via out, to push it away, to ignore it for us to not have any of that chatter that, that we have to, I cut that out of the, the finished product to start right into the first topic. I want to lead with our best foot. Uh, so every show is a little, um, nerve wracking in that sense. Everyone is very important. And so that homepage video is also very important because it, it's probably also a first impression, right? So somebody might be interested in video one. They, they look through it. They're like, Oh, this is, these guys are pretty good. I wonder what they're all about. And they'll click on our, our, the name, our channel name. And this is the next video that auto plays or whatever. So yeah, it's important. Um, so yeah, I mean, our the style that has been most successful is uh, to to not do one of those, you know, hey guys, what's up, everyone, and then having the thirty second intro with the animations and all this, just like, just no. <laughs> Hi, this is what we're all about. Hi, I'm this. Hi, you're that. This is minion. Shut up, minion. And this is, I tend to ramble a lot because Minnie doesn't know how to talk yet. I'm not giving him much of a chance because why bother? I mean, this is what happens. <laughs> Here's a couple of these. Yeah,
0: ex- actually, that sounds perfect. That sounds per. That sounds somewhat perfect.
1: See, that was an example of it.
0: And then we'll change it. And then once I actually get brave enough to speak more. We'll update and go dot old, make that old, and then make the new one. Sure. I, I speak a little bit more. No, quiet you. <laughs> uh.
1: Well, yeah, it's and and then like here's a few examples of how awesome I am. <laughs> just like here's all the examples of how awesome you are. This is the, well, this is just a small selection. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know. It's like hundreds of hours of content here about how awesome I am, obviously. But here, I'll just give you, it's not the best of, because that would just take too long. But here's some, you know, they're adequate. And, and like, and just some examples. So this is like uh, time management or some business stuff or some random stuff or a little tech or, you know, you can also follow us because we have no idea what we're doing. I mean, minion doesn't I'm, I'm pretty good, obviously, but it says minions learning and as we're growing, we're talking about what happens with the show. We're talking about behind the scenes. Hey, if you're looking at doing something, you're not going to be better than us, obviously, but you can at least learn a little bit, learn about, uh, some of minions mistakes and see if you can, obviously you can do better, but we'll give you a leg up, learn about lighting. If you want to be on a webcam, learn about audio treatment, learn about how the heck I make how the heck I look so good on camera and have no shiny head. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you want to do video with no shine in your glasses? There is a trick. I can teach you all these things. The show's not about that, but it's this a can't side benefit. Really be
0: shine in my Oh, actually the modern reflection.
1: No, no. Yes, you can actually film with no shine in your glasses. You can even turn your head around. Now there's some limitations with that this is one of the things i went and learned when i was looking at uh, like head glare is is learning about glass reflection and it's all about where your lighting is positioned and you can still light a person quite well but the trick is to have a large diffuse i can talk about this the large diffuse light like the sun off in the distance has to be nice and bright and really diffuse because it's when it's a tiny little spotlight you'll see that tiny little spot that glare and as a person moves their their glasses with their head right that glare will dance around and it will be this big obvious like will wisp dancing across their face but if it's a big diffuse light you'll get away with that and if a person moves their head that big spot doesn't move with them because it's just so big and then you fill the other side of a person's face. Cause it's a big, bright light. You fill the other side with a, uh, reflector, <laughs> a giant piece of styrofoam for all that matters. And, uh, so, so yeah, on that note, if we ever like get something shipped in, do I have anything? I don't think I kept anything. If we get something shipped in that's like got a big piece of styrofoam. Yeah. We sh- we should keep it just for this purpose, actually um like prof- if it's good enough for professionals <laughs> the two dollar piece of styrofoam and
0: so, and so didn't i get a few within my bed frame
1: i don't know it might still be up there you were too lazy to actually clean up after yourself so it might still be in those boxes oh neat uh, it might not be panels that we're looking for because you need something that's uh, about as large Well, preferably almost as large as a TV would be really nice, but it needs to be bigger than a person's face for sure, right? So you need to reflect all that light to fill in the shadows that get cast. Even if it's a big diffuse light, it's going to create a dark darkness on the other side of the face, and you want to fill that back in. And when you end up having these kind of like diffuse distant certain angles of light source, usually up and on an angle. Um... You want to fill fill in a different way when you do that you don't have reflections that go from light source to glasses that bounce into the lens that's where the glare comes from you you have it bounce off into another direction but it's weird because there's different layers on glasses like different treatments saying there's anti-glare treatments but it's anti-glare like from your perspective not from the outside perspective And there's uh, like sunglasses or there's curved like this kind of sporty uh, sunglasses and stuff like that and there's the size of the glasses that's gonna matter And, and all kinds of stuff right so but it's all it's all perfectly doable these so you have to think the the technology isn't new like glasses aren't new filming isn't new photography isn't new all the stuff is putting it up on YouTube isn't new and we're getting more and more people that are just providing really excellent knowledge for free. (laughs) Ha 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 the suckers, but yeah, it's all out there. So I can learn. I mean, maybe you'll get around to like learning stuff, but you know, doable. Like don't be all, oh, it's hard. Just go, (laughs) go watch a 15 minute YouTube video, get all learned and stuff at any rate. So, so yeah, I mean, just like, it's an intro video. Probably the best thing to do is to not try very hard. <laughs> because because that's like like and eh, don't stress it. And just just be be fast and loose, be honest and get a bunch of good clips and whatever that can be updated like if ever you Going forward, when doing the audio editing and listening through a show, if you come into something that just it sounds really cool as a little intro clip, like just a sentence or something, be like, "Oh man, I'm just gonna keep that for later," and just yoink and put that into like the the folder of interesting stuff. And it's just tiny. And then after a little while, you're like, "It's been a while." Look at the look at the the junk folder, so to speak. You're like, "Hey, let's just make a new intro video like right now. It's been a month or two, whatever. Go put it together, done." And it's like the best of for the last the the best of tiny clips from your estimation, right? So, you probably have bad taste, but we'll we'll work on that. And 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 whatever, just put out a new one. It's not hard. And that's it. And like we could reuse the the our boring Hi, I'm stuff. Um, yeah, yeah. So, we're almost done. Is there anything else you want to chat about? After being demoralized like that, not anymore. Well, I mean, stop sucking, and then I'll, I'm just, I, I I'm just... I'm i just saying it like it is. Stop, I'm just... Stop being me. Come I'm on. agreeing with you. <laughs> what could go
0: wrong with that?
1: Uh. <laughs> Fuck, they... All you need to do in life is um, like, it's the old know what you want and then go after what you want. But, and I've, I've already like pointed you in the direction of, of how to think about these things. Um, but all you really have to do is like, look around at the, the landmines that you've got right now. And they can be physical and they can be virtual in some way and just take them Put them in a list, take a couple, take the rest of the list, push it away. Just ignore it, right? You take your few things, just get them done. Get them done this week, this month, I don't care, and just get them done. And when you're out of stuff to do, don't get get bored of one of the things and then reach for that list, just do them. And when you're done, look at the list again, go, oh, you know, I'm most interested in this. Pull it out, work on that. You know, one of these days you'll be able to hang that poster I gave you from a long time ago. You know, you took so long on that. I had a full opportunity to get the complete set of Destiny Two, all the characters, and I decided to just pass on it. Like, nah, I'm not even gonna bother because you didn't do the work to earn the first one. So, so like that's what you lost out on, plus plenty more. So, you, the world will pass you by. Um, and you may not care, but you're going to start having more and more regrets, uh, as you look back at your life and you don't have the posters on the wall. You don't have the whatever, like this is episode 20. You need to stop and recognize how much of an accomplishment that is already. How many weeks has that been? There's more stuff that isn't released. Like how much have we improved since then? once we get on camera, it's going to be more of the same every single day. You're going to be able to look back and go, look at how much footage we've made, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And, and you need to take that and then pull it forward as your encouragement. Like look at, look at what I did yesterday. I, I, I can do a little bit more today. Like, oh, I don't feel like it. Oh, no problem. Can you do it tomorrow? Well, why not? Do you have an excuse? Well, who are you giving that excuse to i don't care you care your future self is going to care because your future self needs you right now right so <laughs> you are depending on yourself stop letting yourself down all that and all this kind of nonsense anyhow just do it to the the, the pump thing from what's the guy's name wesley crusher oh you know, oh, so, so the actor in Star Trek: The Next Generation, uh, for w- uh, one of the characters, was an absolute insufferable. <laughs> I didn't, I, I don't remember him that way, but a lot of people just hated that character, and uh, the actor, uh, is a little insane, and really hyper aggressive, and it's just meme worthy, hilarious, and it did one of these, one of these oh so privileged rich person you know the the the, like only a white guy would act like this would like give the motivational advice just to ever okay i'm not so white that it's bad for me i can do it obviously i can do it but he acts like such an insufferable jerk just saying well you can do anything you want in life which is a lie just do it which is a lie (laughs) you know what you just oh uh, you mean Shia LaBeouf yeah that's LaBeouf. his name yeah yeah and uh and it, it you know, it's not true that you can do anything it's not true that you can motivate yourself it's not true that you can accomplish anything you want uh, these are all lies these are all absolute lies but you can do some stuff there's some stuff that you like that you should work on that you can do a little bit better, right? You, you can dream too big. You can let yourself down by dreaming so big and trying and failing. Cause it's too big. Like, don't, don't dream big. <laughs> don't dream. Just do better than yesterday. Do better than you were yesterday. That that's all you have to do in all of life. And you'll just gradually creep along. And you'll be 90 years old and you'll look back and go, look at this snail trail of challenges that I've overcome and look at, I'm I'm here. I've tried every day. I've had my, my abject failures, but I've accomplished, you know, look at, look at all this stuff, you know, episode 1000 or whatever the heck that happens later. And you're like, you know what? We had zero subscribers at one point. You know, now we have 10. This is awesome. You know, it, it it's just tiny, tiny victories. That's all people need. And these dumb celebrities that just wanna virtue signal all over people by going, you can do it and like, no, I don't need your advice. Like, no, just no. Anyhow. So we're we're done. This was episode twenty on twenty twenty oh nine twenty, which was that's a that's a date a that's the twenties. That's a that date is never gonna happen again. Never. It's really special. So What,
0: the 20 thing?
1: Yes. <laughs> Never again. Every well, date.
0: Well, let's see.
1: Every date is special, but, you know. <laughs> I love when people say nonsense like that. In here. Ha! Huh, you're wrong. What? December. What? Twenty twenty twelve twenty. Yes. I don't understand. Then that will be the you only... Then that'll... The...
0: I... And then it'll be twenty 2020, twenty 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 one, or it'll be something twenty one twenty twenty one. <laughs> That'll be a fun tongue twister. So... Uh... I didn't. No. Go. I didn't check the calendar just to look for a small victory or anything.
1: No. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm not following you. It doesn't matter. I was. I was making a different kind of joke. Anyhow, so uh, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you on Wednesday. Um, Hopefully I'll get, I'm still working on number 15. Anyway, anyway, catch you all later.